I think that's what's interesting about us, I guess, is we are, we have the same parents and like, we are this, like we are sisters, but I'm generally just not perceived like or othered as much as she is. I'm six feet tall. (laughs) Like I don't present as what people expect like a Latin woman or Latina woman to look like. Um, So for me, it's mostly like, oh, like you speak Spanish, like you speak Spanish at home, like that's so cool. Versus like Camilla being like, oh, like, or I don't know. So yeah, yeah. like I I see it um, and I see it in the way that other teammates experience it and especially like my sister experiences it. But for me, it's just a different like experience, I guess. Hey listeners, this is Patricia, and in this episode, I'm joined by the guest host, Catherine. Hi everyone, I am Catherine Valdez from episode 24, listen to my episode. In this episode, we speak to two sisters who row on Wisconsin's women's rowing team. Isabella Shana Darwin and her sister Camila join us to talk about being Latina rowers, privilege, what a Latina royal look like, having your foot in both worlds, and all that stuff. If you haven't already, please write a review on Apple Podcasts so others can find this story as well. Hit follow, subscribe, and enjoy. Okay, let's start. Okay, so um, welcome to Rowing Color. I'm Patricia, and my co- guest co-host today is Catherine. Catherine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Catherine. I am 26 year old. I am from Guayaquil, Ecuador, and I am a person with, with a disability. I am a PR1 uh, rower. I moved to the U.S. in 2014, looking for new opportunities and a better life for myself and my family. Um, well, I'm here. <laughs> uh, also, I currently work as a secretary for DOHMH, and I am also pursuing my bachelor's degree in Community Health Education at York College. Yeah, so I'm really excited to have Catherine as a guest co-host today. Um, And today we'll be interviewing Issa and Camilla, who are sisters, right? Such an amazing, like we never had sisters, I don't think, interviewed on our podcast today. So it's going to be really fun. It's really fun to have you both today. Um, why don't you guys tell us a little about yourself? Who's the oldest? Like, start by Um, I'm Issa. I'm the oldest. I've been rowing at Wisconsin for going on four years. Um, I'm going to be a senior. Well, I am a senior, I guess, this fall. I walked on to the program my freshman year, learning how to row through the Wisconsin walk-on program, and got my sister involved as well. (laughs) Um, I'm Camilla. I'm a sophomore at UW, and I just finished my first year of rowing. I also walked on to the team, and yeah, I'm happy to be on the team with my sister. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What have you guys been doing? We have been in COVID, so how is that looking like for you guys? Tell us a little bit about that. When the season ended, we spent a lot of time just under quarantine in Wisconsin, and then training kind of by ourselves and then I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to go to Craftsbury Sculling Center in Vermont for June and July so I got that chance and I was sculling there. Camilla had an erg. <laughs> yeah I erged for however many months by myself. <laughs> in Madison and then I ran sometimes and that was it. That was all we could really do. 
Yeah. And like since then we've come back and we just kind of run together a lot yeah. on the bike trails and stuff. I'm a really bad <laughs> So I'm getting better though. Yeah. Getting, we're getting there. I'm glad you guys are trying. I, I, like, I hate running. I hate running. <laughs> I hate running too. <laughs> like, no, no. But yeah, so had like show from you guys walking onto the team and now you guys are in COVID and you're kind of like, you're keeping up your training at home. Has that deterred you from kind of like, you know, pursuing rowing more? Because like you're kind of on the team at this point and you're not, you're a walk-on. So it's not like you're, you know, there's like this weird, this weird thing going on. Like, are you going to continue rowing in the future? Or are you kind of going to be like, well, I'm going to find something else? Um, I really, I've definitely thought about that a lot because it was hard to train by myself for like a sport that I just started and all of that. But then I like just think about my teammates and all of that. And I made some of my best friends on the team right now. And I really want to just get the chance to like race with them still so that's like what's been motivating me the most is just to think that like maybe when we finally get to go on the water, they'll be all together <laughs> and I'll finally get to race. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess for me, it's definitely been tough. I've really been fortunate to have roommates and now my sister and people at Craftsbury in all the stages of training um, that I've kind of been through during the pandemic. I've been lucky enough to have kind of people to train with and to work off of because I've found that that's really like important for me. So I just kind of find people and like make my sister run with me or a bike next to me, all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely been hard, but I don't know, to me, it almost motivates me more to know that we're going to get through this eventually. And I want Rowan to be there um, at the end of it. And may I ask, what do you like the most about rowing? Or what hooked you in? Well, I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep going until like we finally got on the water and we went on like the training trip and just like getting to be outside when it was so nice with like so many people. It was so great. And also I come from swimming, which is racing too. And I just really love to race and I missed it from swimming and I'm happy that I can get it that going. So did you like the water? Yeah, and I like racing. <laughs> <laughs> I get competitive. I guess yeah, I I really I really, really enjoy just the team aspect. Like Camilla and I, we both have done like sports like always I guess through our lives like soccer and swimming and all of that and when I came to college I guess I just wanted to find something else to do. I ran in high school I was really into running and cross-country track so it was like again that like racing endurance kind of aspect was really exciting to me so rowing kind of fit really well into that and now now it's kind of gone beyond that to just like a really deep appreciation for like how a boat moves and like just the feel of the water under the hull. I don't know. It's like magical to me. It's like addicting. Um, and I just like, now I just like can't get enough of it. I feel like. Yeah. Cause the one race I did have was at the end of our training trip <laughs> and it was the first 2K I ever did <laughs> and last. <laughs> and I just remember like, I've never felt that much excitement, especially from the girls, because my 
vote did well and we were so like we couldn't stop talking about it and it was like so crazy and like I just remember like everyone was yelling and like so much noise but it, like we were all together and it was just a crazy feeling <laughs> but I never felt like that oh that's amazing yeah I can relate um I usually row in, in I do schooling most of the, t- most of the time well, I had two opportunities to roll with a partner. And yeah, I mean, the experience is like, everybody becomes, you know, one person, one whole. And yes, I'm glad that you are really enjoying it, that you really enjoy that part. I mean, I'm glad to hear that because most athletes uh, truly focus on, you know, try to get first place and focus and do the technique. I'm really glad to hear that you are really enjoying it, the, you know, the moment, enjoying, you know, that time that you're spending with your teammates. And uh, that's amazing. That's good. Like to hear that. So, how do you guys feel being probably the first Latinx? Am I saying that right? <laughs> on your teams, like, like is that a, is, is that even a case that you guys have to worry about being the first people, women of uh, minority, or you know, just being Latinx on the team? And how does that look for you guys? And what what does that? Well, how does that look for you? And I'll ask. I'll continue um, with that. At least for me, I like walked on with two other girls that were like we were like very similar and that we were Latinx and it was like we definitely bonded over that because we like found like we were really comfortable with each other and like bounced off each other and like supported each other when we felt like maybe we were like out of place or like didn't or like yeah I don't know it's just I don't know it's been I don't know (laughs) I just really think it's I'm just very lucky that I got to be in the year that there were other people like me on the team that we got to come in as freshmen together and that we definitely became friends and like we found like a place of like support in each other. Isa, how how did it work for you? Oh yeah um I guess like for me I'm generally like just not really perceived as different. So I don't really, I think that's what's interesting about us, I guess, is we are, we have the same parents and like, we are this, like we are sisters, but like I'm generally just not perceived like or othered as much as she is. Um, I'm six feet tall. (laughs) Like I'm like, I don't present as what people expect. Like, um, like a Latin woman or Latina woman to look like. Um, So for me, it's mostly like, oh, like you speak Spanish, like you speak Spanish at home. Like, that's so cool. Versus like Camilla being like, oh, like, or I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. So for me, um, mostly I see that like through, I guess, like, I guess I don't even, yeah, I guess I just don't. Like I, I see it um, and I see it in the way that other teammates experience it and especially like my sister experiences it. But um, for me, it's just a different um, like experience, I guess, which we talk about a lot, <laughs> especially just in the sense of what it's like being on the team. And I think that's what's been kind of the most interesting, not interesting, but interesting is um, – me kind of going first and then her coming after um, and seeing kind of where the differences lie has been 
like interesting, but also really hard as well sometimes. I mean, that's a very, it's, you guys kind of hit um, a bigger topic right on the head. Um, because it's something like we try to ease into as a conversation. And so like, yeah, you know, you and your sister kind of look different, but you guys look alike, you know? <laughs> and so it's interesting that you guys have talked about it. Um, and you're open about that conversation because that's something that I, I think a lot of families avoid, especially in rowing, where it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, we're, we love rowing, we love the sport, but we forget that, you know, there is the other side of it where it's like racial, uh, financial, those all affect the way you enjoy rowing. Um, so it's interesting that you guys do talk about it. For Camilla, since uh, we've, we are talking about this, have you ever felt like you haven't belonged? I know you did mention that like you were lucky enough to join at a point where there are people who are similar of you, who you could relate to, but there are times you guys go to regattas and, you know, there, are, you know, you look around or maybe you haven't been to a regatta, but you've, you've seen other teams um, or you've talked to other rowers and, or you see your sister's team and it's like, okay, well, you guys fit in, you look alike, but I don't have that experience on introspect. Have you ever felt like you haven't belonged in rowing? Um, I've definitely had moments where like, I feel like maybe not that I don't belong, but that I'm like being, forgotten or like not given like the same amount of yeah like attention or not attention but like respect as like an athlete or something by like other people just in terms of like like forgetting my name or like calling me the name of like my friend who's Mexican they call her my name or like she gets called my name (laughs) and like it's like the little it's like the little things that like you know I think it's just because we're the only like people who aren't like (laughs) blonde or like lighter hair color you know like uh, there's no like rational reason why we should be confused because we don't look anything alike if you like pay attention but I feel like people don't and then they'll just generalize and because they aren't paying attention. Yeah, which I feel like has happened in my team quite a bit. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, may I ask you, other team may look like you or why the confusion with the name? Yeah, um, sometimes and I'm like, I guess I'm not proud because I feel like I honestly like should stand up more for myself and like for each other. But I've definitely, like, mm. I don't want to excuse this, but I've definitely been, like, more passive in my, like, response. I'll just be like, it. oh, like, no, that's not my name. Or sometimes I'll be taken aback by it so much that I don't have. I'm like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> so my response hasn't probably been as, like, well, like, good as it probably should have been or, like, pointed it out as much, which I sometimes regret because I feel like I should have done more. You say something where they, how do you react when they, you know, tell you a name that is not yours? I think it's probably like not wanting to be confrontational and not wanting to like bring too much attention to it. Be like, oh, it's fine. Like my name's just not Lucia. So, yeah, I think it's more just my, like, nervousness to, like, bring attention to the issue or, like, yeah. And, like, maybe part of me doesn't want to, like, bring attention, like, 
just as much for their sake as for mine. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, like they can't even remember her name or like stuff like that because it like makes you feel bad. Well, you just you just said something really important there. You said that you guys have been having a conversation and, you know, all of a lot of this is something that we, we as for generations, we've kind of like brushed off these conversations for blacks for latinas for latinxes it just it's something we've always brushed off we're like okay well we're different you know like we we you know we ignore it um what are some of the steps that you and your team have been taking to besides just having a conversation what are some of the steps that you and your team have either you know said hey we're going to start doing this you know um or what are some of the things that your coaches have started doing to kind of like push the conversation along and get everyone to feel like this is just this is their team, not because you just wrote on the team, but because you actually fit what the, the image is supposed to be on this team. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's something that we it's like, especially I feel like this summer, just in the wake of everything that's happened, we've just had, I feel like more and more conversations about I think like just because I feel like we've both like been in sports for so long that for us it's like the coach says this and like you don't sit you don't talk back to the coach like you don't kind of create conflict within a team like and now is kind of like having conversations and like talking about like what like coaches aren't perfect like teammates aren't perfect like how do you kind of advocate for yourself like um yeah and like have those conversations and make like room for yourself I think is the biggest thing and why do you say when when you say you regret it I mean why do you think that you know at that moment you just somehow you let it go and you didn't say anything it was because you didn't feel that they were going to listen to you or I don't know you were just trying to avoid any conflict why do you think well they've held like meetings on zoom where we've talked like I feel like pretty openly about everyone's experience and like I feel like they've tried to highlight like the people of color on the team's voices so that more people can like hear how they've been feeling and be made aware of like how their teammates have been feeling and I think it's been like pretty like eye-opening for some people on the team to like hear that their like friend that is not a person or is a person of color has like had these internal struggles and now they're sharing them to like help the team move together like as a whole instead of yeah all right yeah I think I I can understand what you mean maybe because we are I mean we look different like for example for me i am also you know black hair brown skin it's very obvious that i am i am no american it's very obvious that i am latina so we already like look different i can understand why sometimes we react like that because um we are already calling a lot of attention i mean or eyes i already i mean everybody is already looking at us and when this situation happens yeah you like you usually prefer just let it go to, okay, let's try to avoid, you know, getting more attention than I already have. But yeah, I can understand that. However, uh, I believe sometimes we need to do the corrections on you, especially what happen very often. 
I mean, I with, with my name, it happens to, uh, which is a typical name, but sometimes people forget my name and they confuse me with somebody else or they just book me new names. Uh, when it's at the beginning, I maybe it's not, but let's say it's quite kind of acceptable. But when, you know, after a week, two weeks, it's still, you know, it's happening over and over. I believe, it, I mean, there we need to stand out and say, no, my name is Catherine. My name is Camila. That is my name. So please try to memorize my name. <laughs> Have you had any close friends or like, I mean, family members? Because you'd be surprised since these conversations have been more in social media or um, on the news, have do you have any close friends or family come to you and apologize for some, maybe some of the actions that they've taken or they've done and not realize that like might've been affecting you guys? Oh. <laughs> it's okay. It's just, it's just a trend that I noticed was happening for a while. A lot of people are like, yeah, a lot of my friends are apologizing and I don't know why, but like they were. So it's, just want to see. Um, since you've gone through these, since you're in this generation that's able to um, go through this this change, you're in you're you're part of this right in the smack in the middle of the generation where it's like okay, we are like we're the movement, we are the new change, we're the new. Um, we we expect change and we expect it now. Do you feel like that has affected the way you viewed rowing at some point? Like you know, you hear a lot of. As rowers, you probably follow a lot of rowing pages on the internet, um, and you probably see a lot of the comments that have been said on social media. Have you felt like because of what you now know and you're, you're more aware of yourself about yourself? Do you feel like that's changed the way you view rowing uh, as a whole? Yes, I think. Um, I know. I I feel like simultaneously, like we're rowers, but also we're like so new to the sport. Um, and so, like, I feel like I'm continually, continuously, um, like, learning more about the sport and, like, actually meeting people outside of just, like, my teammates who also, like, walked on with me. Um, so I feel like I'm starting to actually, like, understand the sport more. And I feel like it's really opened my eyes, like, just the conversations that I've had with just people in general, when I've meet, met new people outside of the team and the various opportunities I've had to row like elsewhere and stuff um, is kind of just like, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying, so there's like um, a lot of just like elitism that I was not ever exposed to um, because Wisconsin has such a strong walk-on tradition. Um, there was like one recruit in my class of like, 30 walk-ons and that's a little different um Camilla's a lightweight rower which is a little different on the lightweight side um because there are less walk-ons that are lightweights but there are more um open weight walk-ons so I was really not ever kind of around people who weren't exactly in the same boat as I was and had the same experiences and ideas about rowing. It was just being like, oh, we just kind of showed up and we're doing it and we're like, we work hard and we just kind of do it. Um, going to other places, I've had really positive experiences, but I've also just been exposed to kind of 
it's almost like an ah. I'm like, oh, like everyone can do it at Wisconsin. Anyone can do it. And then I go somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, this is why not everyone can do it. <laughs> um, and I want to be clear, like I've had really positive experiences with like the people and the places I've been able to go. Um, but I've also kind of it's been clear to more and more clear to me why it's not as accessible as like I initially thought it was given my experience. Um, I guess just like specifically um, in terms of like financially, I think a lot of people are like rowers that I've come into contact with are like, like anyone can do this. Like, I don't understand why it's like, we're being kind of um, like people say that rowing isn't for everyone. Like anyone can do it. And like, well, like that's privilege in and of, like, you know, privilege in and of itself and privilege that I've like my privilege as well. Like being in the middle of a pandemic and going to Vermont to row, like that's privilege, like being able to like drive to go get a COVID test so that I could travel. Like that's privilege. Like all of that is privilege. Um, but at the same time, um, it's been eye opening, I guess. Can you tell me a little more when you say that you realize, oh, this is the reason why not everybody can do it? When you, or when you start realizing the, or what event make you to come to that realization that not everybody can actually roll? Yeah, um, I think like a big one was um, we were trying to get tested to go. Um, I was trying to get a COVID test to go to Vermont and it was, all, it was so hard. Like it was really hard. I, we didn't really know where, where to go or what to do. It was just easier for other people to get access to them. And I'm really privileged. I have like, my mom works. My mom is a Spanish medical interpreter at the hospital. She like was a doctor in Chile and she came here and she works in the hospital And we didn't know where to get a test um, and we couldn't figure it out. And I was like, well, if I can't get a test, like I'm not going to be able to go row. And like, I mean, no one should feel bad about like their access or anything, but like there were people who like were able to go and get a test and get the results back like within 15 minutes or 24 hours. And I was like, I don't know if I will be able to get a test and go, which obviously the whole issue, like the whole problem was like, I was privileged to have that problem of like, I don't know if I'm going to get a COVID test to be able to like go row in Vermont. Like that's privilege in and of itself, obviously, but then like recognizing the privilege within, like if I'm like barred from like being able to row because I don't have that access that other people do, like that's, um, a scenario in which like there's privilege layers of privilege based on um like your access to like a test in a pandemic and stuff like that which i know is like definitely like a minor issue in the long run but it was something that i was like oh like this is like hard <laughs> um where it's like not as hard for other people i, I think you just brought up such a important concept or idea because people don't realize that there is so many levels to privilege and they don't realize there's so many levels to privilege in rowing like yeah you know there's we, we just assume that if if you're able to sit in a boat and you're on an elite team or what we assume is an elite team then you have no worries you just but then within that there are different levels of worries because you are like you said like that not having 
not being able to find a place to take the COVID test. Um, it just shows you that, you know, and there's some, there's someone who's like, they didn't have to worry about it. They had family members who were connected enough to a private, you know, lab and they were able to send their, like their test results in within a matter of hours, you know, and we were here, you hear a lot about this, at least in New York, we were hearing a lot about this on the news, how there were people who were like, yeah, I got my test results in like three days. And you have people who are like, I'm waiting 15 days, 14 days um, to get a result. Because I, but that's after I had to wait on a line outside of a, you know, a public clinic, you know, for these, for this test. So it's, people don't realize that there is privilege within privilege. And you're saying something that like a lot of us don't think about. We just assume that this person, you know, especially if you, you, you look of a wider uh, color, we just assume if you're whiter and you're rowing, you have wealth, you have, you know, and then you're able to just, you're able, you have all these opportunities. Um, and we, we don't, we don't talk about that within there's brackets within brackets. And so I think that it's very important to realize that, and I'm very happy that you're aware of your privilege, but you're also like, well, I'm privileged, but there's a whole nother level of privilege. And so that's a really important thing to know such at such young age. It's like, okay, yeah, I know I'm privileged, but there's someone out there who's a lot more privileged than I am. And there's someone who's beneath me in this privilege level and they need more. And so I can't complain when I can't make it to like, you know, if, if you weren't able to go, it's like, okay, well, there's someone who's suffering with something else. Yeah, it was definitely, like, like a stress. I remember talking to one of my teammates about it. I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed. And I was like, let me put this into perspective. Like, I'm stressed because I want to go, like, do what I love, like, somewhere beautiful in the, like, you know, um, which was, like, such a privilege to be able to do. Like, I was so lucky to be able to do that. And honestly, it helped me put it just into perspective. Like, I'm... I'm able to worry about this right now and it ended up working out but yeah exactly what you said if it hadn't like I would have had it in perspective I think at that point um so my next question for you is so you I know you guys did mention that you guys are talking with your coaches about and your and your teammates about it about diversity what could you what would be your advice though like what would be your open advice to not just your coaches and your teammates but to other teammates other rowers who are in a situation where they're like you know either they're in Issa's uh, position where she's they're lighter skin but they're a minority technically you know or they're in Camilla's position where they're like I look more like you know a lot a minority compared to my sister and my family member but I'm a rower What's your advice to them about how to deal with students, athletes who are coming this way, or even fellow staff members who are coaches who are rowing with them? Um, I think they just, I know this is like easier said than done, I guess, but I think they just, the biggest advice would just be to like look around more and like talk more one-on-one with your rowers and like be try to be more aware of like what is going on in your team and not expecting like the upperclassmen to handle it or like like within the team to figure itself out i think like people just need to, or like the coaches need to like yeah spend more time with their rowers like individually and looking around more to see like what the dynamics are and like talking to people more about it because I think sometimes we like go a long periods of time where we never have like our own time with like our coach to talk about like how we feel so I guess do you mean you would like to be like you would like to coach to know 
to get it to know you more also as a person, not only as an athlete? Um, yeah, and I also think, yeah, I just need to focus more on getting to know everyone individually and like hearing how they feel. Yeah, I guess just asking. Because I think even just like asking, like, how, how are you feeling within the team? Like, you know, how do you feel right now? Instead of just like focusing so much on just like training and like, as long as you follow this, you will be successful. And then like taking into account all the other factors. Yes, I, I understand that because I mean, after all, good teams are based on trust. So you need to first, you know, create that foundation that trust between coach and athlete in order to be a successful team. And I also agree with you that coaches need to, you know, we need to start having these uncomfortable conversations. Uh, sometimes, no, no, I mean, I would say like when you feel too comfortable in a place, that is not always a good sign. You need to feel, you know, you need to feel uncomfortable. You need to start having these questions that nobody likes to start asking. And eventually just to know how you at least are at that moment because not everybody, you know, is having the same social or financial situation. Not everybody feels the same way emotionally, physically. So I believe that is what you're saying is completely is true. I also agree with them with the idea that coaches need to approach to their athletes and start how say one one start asking how do you feel today? How's everything at home? How's the school? Or you late? Why? What happened? Or maybe you oh. I didn't have money today to come to the practice. Why is the reason why I was absent last time? Oh, oh, I had to help my my little sister or my little brother at home because my mother needs to go to work. Uh, she was going to work until late. So, I mean, this is important. I am glad that you brought this because I actually, I am a firm believer of that, that we need to start spending more time to know the athletes to create that relationship between coaches and the athletes not everything should be i would say only okay you get to the practice get to the air row do this do that and then okay bye it's just we need to create that relationship you know that trust and i believe that once that foundation is there we are going to be a successful uh, sport but we need to start by by there so what do you think you can i mean what do you think you can do to help other coaches understand social issues like grade like race on their teams what do you think you can do or what do you think as to how they can like what what they can do i mean because sometimes some athletes don't feel comfortable speaking about you know this personal business with a coach with a coach that you barely maybe know and you're not sure if this coach is going to help you or is going to judge you what how do you think we can like create that relationship any ideas or 
Um, I think for me, I, like this is going back to like getting f- confused with someone else and not like being more assertive about it. I feel like part of um, helping my coach or any coach have more awareness would be to like bring it to their attention because maybe they're not there or something. But then I also feel like if it is brought to their attention, then there like needs to actually be like a follow-up or sometimes I feel like a lot of the responsibility is placed on like the people who are feeling like the most uncomfortable in the situation. And sometimes I feel like it would be very helpful if like they didn't have to call it out. Although like, like you, yeah. Like if, if sometimes like, I think I need to like start doing that more. Cause I think obviously that will be better for me and for everyone. But I also think sometimes like to like the responsibility of like making yourself feel better is put on like the person who is dealing with or like experiencing like being forgotten or something instead of like a coach or someone with more power and like standing on the team being like, Hey, I noticed that. And I want to make sure like, you know, that I know your name or like, I know (laughs) that you're here. Yeah. Especially for like a a freshman on the team. Yeah. I think that was a freshman walk on on the team. All of that combined definitely like adds to like insecurity within yourself of like, Uh, I don't know, like, should I say, like, should I bring it to the coach's attention or like all of that? Just let it go. Yeah. 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 And about that, I mean, it's only the coach that is having that confusion or you also, you see your teammates also confuse you, you know, with somebody that, you know, also called you with the wrong name. No, it was mostly just um, some of my teammates And I think, like, the coaches were, like, they were fine. They were pretty respectful and, like, but it was more with my experience. It was more with, like, my own teammates. And you other Latina teammates, I don't don't know how you are her friend or how close you are with, with her you both have discussed it like you know privately like yeah. people is confusing us yeah what we're going to do talk so i would like to know a little more about that if you feel you know comfortable sharing that um sometimes we just it's sometimes more of like not a joke but like how we like respond to it is like oh like yeah they did it again haha <laughs> like or like being sarcastic about it, like, oh, like, hey, Lucia, you know, like try and make light of it, which maybe isn't the best response, but like, that's definitely how I feel like we handled it. And like, sometimes we did have like discussions where we were like, oh, like, this is probably not like good. Like we should. It's happening too often, like. Yeah. <laughs> no funny, like anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely a little bit of trauma bonding. Yeah. <laughs> so my question for you guys is, um, what does it look like? What's your future look like? You know, with there's so many, there's so much conversation about racial, about ra- race and everything in the in the news now. And then you have COVID. What do you guys think your future in rowing looks like? Or how do you th- how would you like it to look like in the future? Um, for me, 
I would like to stay on the team and hopefully one day, um, hopefully like in a year, we'll maybe be better as like a community in terms of how we're handling COVID and maybe have like another opportunity to row. And I hope that like the girls that I've met and like become friends with are still on the team with me and we get a chance to row together and also just like help our team become better and not just in terms of rowing but like our attitude towards how we like talk about these social issues because I feel like it's the first time where like any sports team I've ever been a part of has had to like confront what's actually happening and like talk about it as a team where I feel like sometimes it's just like brushed aside but I feel like with like how like it's all coming to like a head and we finally like have had to confront it and I think like that will help us in the long term and I hope to like still be there to help it keep moving and like bring more attention just throughout my team and and also just to like set up a good environment for like the girls who want to join the team later on and like make sure that if there are other girls of color that want to try out rowing that they have like a good place to come to and like make sure that like the Wisconsin program is welcoming to everyone and making sure that everyone actually like has a chance to experience rowing like and see how great it actually is and like with a team that is there to actually to like support them in every way. Isa, what about you? I know you're a senior this year. So what do you like what do you expect out of like do you plan to become the Ness Olympian? Like what's the goal? I definitely like getting through this year, um, I would love it to even just be able to like row um, with my team like before we kind of all go our separate ways um, just because we are seniors um, and like the team and especially my class, we're really close and it's going to be kind of the last time we're all on the team together. Some girls are fifth yearing, um, but it will be kind of like the end of our class, which will be sad. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to kind of be together in some way, at least, like even if it's like in pairs or something um, before we all graduate, because that would definitely just give us all some closure, I think, um, in terms of, I don't know, if, it, if it's just over, that would just, that'd be really hard. It, it'd be like manageable and bearable, but it would it'd definitely be hard to not have kind of the closure that we've always been expecting. In terms of like rowing, I hope to row beyond college um, and see like how far I can go and how like strong I can get and how much better I can be as a rower, as an athlete. And I definitely like beyond that, I just uh, see like so much potential in rowing for like everyone. And I'm really like passionate about like sharing that. I think like it's opened so many doors for us like doors that I don't think we thought were like possible or like available or even options and like it just kind of like changed my life so I think that's like the coolest thing ever and I like hope to be able to share that with other people or like make it more available I don't really know exactly how but um it's just kind of mind-blowing to me um and I think that's so cool so um, I hope that other people are able to do that as well and 
hope that I can find a way to kind of facilitate that in some way or another. Sound like a future coach in the making. <laughs> so my next question will be, what advice would you give to a young people of Coro or young, I mean, Latinos, Latinas, Latinx, especially, uh, especially uh, I us say, what advice would you give uh, the younger version of yourself or to anybody that is, you know, just starting to row or is thinking about rowing or is currently rowing? What advice would you would you give? Um, I think I would tell them, or if I was to tell myself something, I'd be like, it's like amazing that you even showed up and that you give all you give to the sport and it's gonna be really cool and really hard, but like you can do it and don't be scared <laughs> and don't be afraid to like make yourself known on a team and bring attention to yourself because it will inevitably help you or someone down the line. Like if they come across that person, maybe they will know what to do and I think yeah I think just like don't be scared to like value yourself enough to bring attention yeah and you Lisa? um I think I like for a long time um just kind of like was I don't know we we talked a lot about like um like between us and like Um, have a lot of conversations about kind of like having a foot in like either world I guess like not really like fitting into either um, like yeah and so I think that's and I think for me that like led to a lot of like fear of like either one like being feeling out of place um, amongst my like like American white Um, teammates and friends but then also still like not feeling like I was um, like Latina enough to go like to find community there either um, and I think I kind of just like got comfortable with that like uncomfortableness of like not fitting in anywhere like I'm fine obviously but I think like I could have enriched my life more by like not being afraid to like find people that I had like commonalities with and like find community where I like do deserve to like share in I guess that makes sense oh yes I I know what you mean and there is the I mean yeah there's also the problem that oh you are Latina but you don't look Latina like, what do you mean I don't look Latina I have because of your light skin and then when you are in the Latin community you're, oh you look gringa like what do you mean I look gringa <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, it's true that that also I mean it's you don't really know uh, who you are because you are like, I am Latinx, but these people, you know, my community say I am not, and this other community is say I am, so I am not part of them, so you are kind of in the limbo. Uh, yeah, we need to, like, yeah, you, we need to, like, learn um, to, like, accept, not accept that, you know, also, I believe we need to 
start saying like, no, I mean, Latinx, I mean, Latin Americans, we are multicultural. We not all look the same. We don't all speak the same. I hang up, believe it or not, I am. And maybe, I don't know, I don't remember from where you say you are from. Uh, Chile. You're, you're Chile. I say, oh, I, know. I mean, come on, in Chile, most of the people are, are white. But in my country, most of them are brown. Argentina, most of people also look like Chilean. <laughs> so I am really sorry that you have you had to experience that, but I understand that part because I have friends um, from Argentina and also from Venezuela, and they experience that, and that believe it or not can af- can affect you in the long run. I am really happy to hear that you in somehow you you know you feel comfortable like all right you know i had the best of both worlds <laughs> right yeah oh well, i think that's and it's definitely something i think is like almost like a phenomena of like coming to the states um because like like come in well in chile like everyone speaks spanish like we all speak spanish we're all chilean like there are obvious like class and like colorism issues, but we're to like some we're Chilean. Um, and I feel like almost like when Latinos get Latinx people get to America or the United States, there's like the immediate like separation um, based on like color Um, and I've noticed that like when I was in high school, for example, or even like in college, what is like, what is the unifier for like the Latin community is like people being like looking, being Brown and looking different because that's kind of the society that's like the, the US society. Um, and the language isn't what like holds like the Latin community, Latinx community together, um, which is like, because for me, like the language is what makes me, you know? And so I think that's just been something interesting that I've kind of noticed in my life, I guess, and how it's affected me. Yeah. Yeah, Any fun, I don't know, I am curious, any fun like stories, in which somebody speaks to you in Spanish and then you reply to them, or somebody's speaking in Spanish and you can understand and you can reply them. And then they're yeah. asking, like, oh, so you speak Spanish. Hi. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I always loved that, like, in high school, like, kids would speak to each other in Spanish thinking that I couldn't understand, or thinking that I couldn't understand them and I could. Um, that was always like funny until everyone like knew that I spoke Spanish. <laughs> Good thing they were not saying anything bad about you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like ninety percent of the time when people are speaking Spanish in here in this sense, like uh, I don't know, <laughs> they're trying. It's because they don't want you to understand. <laughs> That's what we did. That's why I feel like sometimes we would like use it as our like secret language <laughs> when we were around people that didn't know how to speak it that was yeah. like oh haha <laughs> that's very interesting yeah. I think there was also like there's also that yeah <laughs> oh wow 
Yeah. So you guys gave us so much. So like this has been like an amazing interview. Like I said earlier on, you guys kind of hit like the nail on top of the head of the conversation of, of being a Latinx in rowing, you know. And so it's there's you guys literally hit it on the head. And it's, like, it's amazing that you guys are sisters and you guys are kind of going through your separate paths in rowing. But you guys are also going through a very similar path in rowing. And it's like there's a reason why we brought Catherine and I'm not I like there's parts of like I understand completely because I am a woman and I'm a person of color and rowing but then there's a part of it where I'm like yeah I don't I don't have to worry about that like people see me and they're like you're black you know and and I am black you know so and then it's like okay well culture are you from so it, I get where you're coming from but I also I'm like there's a part of it I just don't understand but I love that this conversation we like we were able to have with you because it it there it's something that needs to happen more organically and more consistently with everyone and i'm glad that you guys you guys said this earlier on you guys were saying that you have this conversation as sisters privately um and i'm assuming with your family as well and i there's a lot of people i know who don't do that and it's kind of like well you know just just suck it up like you know you know there's I, i i have friends who are like they don't look hispanic at all and they look very white and um you know, and we have friends who are just who look very Hispanic or who fit the image or the mold that we consider what Hispanics look like. And they've been told very different things in life. They're like, well, you know, just if you're going to look it, just benefit from it. And then there's the other side. It's like, well, you know, maybe you should lighten up a little bit more, you know, relax. It's not that big of a deal to be compared to like being Hispanic or it's OK, you're darker, whatever. You know, there's there's this big controversy of of, the, of this conversation. So I'm very glad that you guys were able to like be confident enough that we are going to take the story and share it with the world because this is something that people need to hear and hear it from someone from our generation where we're like, we're still young and we're, and we're still going through these things that our parents had to go through. And, you know, we hopefully our future, our kids don't have to go through it. So it's a very important conversation that we do have. And I'm very glad that you guys shared it with us. Is there any last things that you guys would love to tell, tell the world or tell people who are going to listen to this um, or just share your Instagram or any way they can contact you? People have tons of questions. It's, it's so interesting. People will be like, um, yeah, like, you know, meet new friends. Oh. <laughs> like sister Instagram. <laughs> um, my Instagram is Issa Darwin. Um, I post a lot of content of Camilla. <laughs> um, follow me on Strava. You can see all of the runs that we do together and the very high slow, qu- high quality, <laughs> the slow pace um, that we run at. <laughs> we're gonna, our marathon training. Oh yeah, underway. we'd like to run. <laughs> we'd like to run a half marathon before the end of the year, but um, we're good. We got she got some new shoes yesterday. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna fly. <laughs> she got some hokas. She's struggling to keep up. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, any message uh, that you would like to leave to your listeners? And like, I don't know. You can do it. Si se puede. Go si se puede. Go Badgers. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to rolling in color please remember to follow or hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and if you're on instagram please follow us at rowing in color 
We really appreciate it. Just as much as we appreciate you. So this is Denise. And Patricia signing off. Stay safe, everyone.